In this week's episode of Farmer's Inside Track, the 101 of rabbit farming. Believe it or not, but exporting rabbit meat could mean big bucks for up-and-coming South African farmers. Besides the rabbit farming tips, we also meet Lesejo Morapedi, a Northwest farmer who saw a gap in the market and, well, the rest is history. Lesejo is also this week's soil sister, powered by Food for Mzanzi and Corteva AgriScience. We follow developments in Zimbabwe, where the authorities suspended all maize and maize meal imports from South Africa with immediate effect. We're joined by political and policy specialist Theo Fenter. And we also meet Tamara Happy Face Kaunda, a dynamic Zimbo who is on a mission to change the face of agriculture in her home country as well as the continent. Our book of the week, as selected by you, our listeners, is The E-Myth Revisited, Why Most Small Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It, by Michael E. Gerber. And then finally, Eastern Cape grain farmer Sinilizwe Fakade gives us the 101 about building retailer and supplier relationships. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 77 of Food for Mzanzi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food for Mzanzi. And I'm Duncan Masiwa, a to all the youth in Mzanzi. As we kick off Youth Month in South Africa, a big shout out to all the young farmers entering this dynamic space. Okay, let's kick off today's show with that promised discussion on rabbit farming. Food for Mzanzi journalist Nicole Ludolf chats to Daisy Moleko, founder of Jaisa Rabbit Buy and Bry Outlets. She explains how this low-cost, high-protein meat source could be the future solution to feeding our growing population using less farmland. Today we are discussing rabbit farming in South Africa. Joining us is Daisy Moleko, one of the few women in the country practicing commercial rabbit farming. So Daisy... Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started rabbit farming? I started rabbit farming 20 years ago after I did very intensive research on the markets and also on the health benefits of rabbit meat. It's a white meat, it's a very lean meat. So my doctor advised me to eat the white meat and then I opted for the rabbit meat. That is why I ended up farming because when I was looking for rabbits or the rabbit meat, I couldn't find it until I started farming it. So it was easy for me to take meat from my farm and slaughter and eat. What have you found to be your biggest challenge in the rabbit farming industry so far? The setup is very expensive. And then if you don't even have enough space to expand, because rabbits, they give birth to a lot of babies. So if you don't have space for expansion, it's a challenge. And then also if you don't have finance, because with me, all these years, I've been self-financing my business. Whatever I make, I reinvest it in the business. Any tips for people who are interested in starting 
starting a rabbit farming enterprise? The most important thing or the important tip is that they need to attend training. They need to get to know how to breed, how to avoid interbreeding and crossbreeding, and how to feed rabbits. It's very important because feeding rabbits or taking care of rabbits, it's not that expensive like other livestock. So whatever you learn in the training, you must implement at the same time at your farm. So I will advise people or farmers to start with the intensive training. Thanks, Nicole. And great having you, Daisy Moleko, the founder of Chisa Rabbit Buy and Bry Outlets. Don't forget to check out the additional tips in the article published on Food for Mzanzi's website. Stay tuned because a little later, we also meet rabbit farmer Lasejo Morapeli. Next up, we also meet Tamara Happyface Kaunda, a dynamic Zimbo who is on a mission to change the face of agriculture in her home country as well as the continent. If you want to make agriculture attractive, if you want to make it sexy, start by publishing it. Get a young person who's attractive, put them on this picture. I said this in Harare last year to say, can we try to make agriculture sexy? This organization, the UN, the FOA, whoever is involved in the agriculture sector, the advertising, whoever you are, make agriculture sexy. This is the beginning point of making it attractive to the young people. If you, the organizers, the frontiers, the people who are supposed to lead us are putting such pictures, what are you sending to a person, a young person from the village? You pick this picture and like, oh, this is what we're living. But if they see a young person here, very attractive like me, and you put me here, <laughs> even the young men in the village, they'll be like, wow, I want to be like her. I mean, where am I going to find this woman? Let me join agriculture. This is practical. That's what we need to be talking about. My request is that next time we're going to have such a conference, whatever is coming up, you can look for me on Facebook, Tamara Happy Face Kaunda. Put my picture there and say she's a farmer <laughs> and a medical doctor, yeah? You know, most people, they like to see me. Oh, don't look at like, like, like she's farming. She's a doctor. No, I want to be called a farmer. Right. Because the problem we have in Africa is hunger. We don't need drugs. I work in a hospital and I can guarantee you 80% of the diseases why we're losing young people is because of poverty. So why then can't we give them the nutrition they need instead of the drugs? Next up on Farmers Inside Track, a topic trending both in Mzanzi and Zimbabwe. In the new development, the neighboring country has suspended all maize and maize meal imports from South Africa with immediate effect. Independent political and policy specialist Theo Fenter now joins us to share his thoughts on the hasty decision undertaken by Zimbabwe. Theo, I could never see us being dumped by Zimbabwe. How is this impacting agriculture in South Africa? I think definitely so. It wasn't a smart diplomatic move on their side. We know that the Zimbabweans do have a bumper crop this year. Their annual usage of maize is about 1.8 million tons. And it seems to us that they seem to going to have a harvest of about 2.8 million tons. So they do have a lot of maize, but this is a very, very special year. Next year or the year after that, we've got food shortages again, and then they will have to renegotiate. That's why I don't think it's a smart move to just stop the imports. Luckily for South Africa, we're having great exports of maize to Spain and places like South Korea. So that takes up the slack, but I think it wasn't a smart move. Now, South Africa and Zimbabwe has always maintained cordial relations. 
Could this maize ban affect our future trade relations with Zim? Yes, definitely so. Once they have more detail about how much white, how much yellow, and then I think they will reconsider. Traditionally, people in Southern Africa like white maize. They don't like the yellow maize. We use yellow for cattle feed and other products, while in Europe and America, it's not regarded in the same way. We actually the only part of the country, the only part of the world except for Mexico, that is so much for white maize makes it kind of a unique product. But I think let's give them the advantage of using their own maize and see where they're going. But South Africa will have also, I think, the second best maize harvest in history. And I think we've got enough markets. There's enough need for white maize to take us through the year. Okay, so this was a rather sudden decision that Mzanzi certainly did not see coming. What can South Africa learn from this? No, no, I don't think we have to learn or learn anything from it. That is exactly the criticism against farmers farming either in Zambia or Zimbabwe and some of these countries. It's the suddenness of policy changes. It's the suddenness of how they introduce policy changes. We are used to a little bit more of a projected and there's some knowledge of things that are going to change and the process of policy changes are far more sophisticated. I think the other thing that has caused the suddenness is of course the monetary position that Zimbabwe is in. If you don't have to import maize, you don't need foreign exchange. And if you can save foreign exchange, and that gets us to the political side of the decision, if you can save foreign exchange immediately, because the trade in maize is in dollars, then you save a lot of money. And I think that may have been the primary reason for them stopping it so suddenly. Thanks so much for joining us, independent political and policy specialist Theo Fenter. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens, the CODZA, or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Now for our book of the week, as selected by our farmers. This week we look at a book titled The E-Myth Revisited, Why Most Small Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It by Michael E. Gerber. The book is reviewed by Food from Zanzi's Sinilizwe Citizen Journalist of the Year, Terry Ann Browers. Hi Dawn and Duncan. With 80% of small businesses failing, the author's objective is to educate the reader on the three personalities every small business owner must have to succeed. According to the author, small business success requires a delicate balance of three distinct personalities. The technician who is the doer and the expert, the entrepreneur who is the big picture thinker, and the manager who is focused on the intricate details of the business. The author explains that all small business owners possess each of these three skill sets and building a successful business starts with leveraging all of them. Defining the business's primary aim and showing entrepreneurs how to go beyond their comfort zones are but a few of the amazing topics explored in this book. This book is a great read if you are a small business owner trying to become proficient in not only your craft but in running a business as well. 
Thanks, Terry and Browers. To suggest the next book of the week, simply email us at info at foodformzanzi.co.za. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. You're listening to Farmers Inside Track, South Africa's most downloaded farmers podcast, proudly brought to you by Foodform Zanzi. Drumroll, please. This week's hashtag soil sister powered by Corteva AgriScience. She is a 39-year-old rabbit farmer from Mahikeng in the northwest, Lesejo Morabeli. Besides being a farming force to be reckoned with, She's currently also on a year-long blended development program at the Gibbs Business School. Lesejo, maybe you can start by telling us where and how did your farming journey start? I was passing at some farms in Whitbank and I saw some rabbits in the cages. And I was thinking, you know, some cultures eating rabbit meat. Then I started researching about it and I found something interesting. I saw that, you know, rabbit meat is a healthy white meat with high protein, low cholesterol, low calories, and it's good for people with heart disease and diabetic people. It helps pregnant women with digestion. And I started to be interested in saying, I can be a rabbit farmer and sell the rabbit because it's healthy. And the rabbit waste good for crops. Then that's where I started with rabbit farming. And what are some of the toughest lessons you've learned along the way? The toughest lesson I've learned is to teach people about rabbit, that you can eat rabbit and it's healthy. Some people are not listening to you because they are not used to people eating rabbit is something that is scarce. And then finally, do you have any advice to other women entering the farming arena? To women who wants to start rabbit farming, it's the cheapest livestock to grow. Compared to other livestock, we don't use many vaccines. The food are not expensive. So it's cheap to do the rabbit farming. And then they can take advantage that it's not all over. It's a scarce thing. They can start it. When it gets popular, they will be very far with it. Ooh, wise words there from Northwest rabbit farmer, Lesejo Morapelli. I have to admit, I'm really enjoying meeting all these hashtag soil sisters as selected by Food from Zanzi and Kateva AgriScience. They truly are the creme de la creme of female farmers in South Africa. But remember to stay tuned for our farmer's tip of the week from Eastern Cape grain farmer, Sinilizwe Fakade. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's super fresh, it's super soft, and it makes any meal a treat. It's super sure bread and super sure flour. A proud member of the VKB group. From breakfast to lunch and even birthday cakes, Super Show makes the whole family smile. Find Super Show on Facebook or visit vkb.co.za for more info. VKB, for the love of the land.
We've just about reached the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track episode. But of course, before we let you go, Eastern Cape Grain Farmer Cindy Liesway Fakade gives us the 101 about building retailer and supplier relationships. A lot of the technicalities within the contract is where I think a lot of farmers come short. The way that these contracts sometimes are structured, you would find that there's technicalities that are important to review, such as price, quality of product agreed upon. It's a step in the right direction, and significantly so if you get a signed offtake. It gives you confidence to obviously secure or produce towards that contract, which is encouraging because you really know that you have an offtake and obviously there's obligations that you need to meet. But in my assessment, those finer details, and that's why it's important that for me, a farmer, once that has been approved and accepted, they take the time to go and get it reviewed by someone who understands that kind of work, by someone who's in that field, by someone who's a quality controller, for for the lack of a better word, someone who understands what that offtaker means, so that the farmer doesn't find himself negotiating price or accepting price, middle of the contract when things change, or Spar goes and says, well, in the finer details on page six, you didn't read clause number six and five, those things are important to smallholder farmers for them to be able to successfully and sustainably establish themselves as producers for such contracts. I do believe, however, that it's important that that kind of a thing is happening. If it is happening, good and well. If it's not happening, well, there's problems because it simply can't be that you are preventing new entrant producers from accessing the market. Yes, you never buy experience. Yes, you may not be able to achieve wonderful standards from the word go. But just like any other business that was afforded the opportunity, the same opportunities need to be afforded to the current or the new entrances. And Sinilizwe Fakadi's Farmer Tip of the Week brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food Form Zanzi. For daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists to go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And yes, of course, remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and also your fellow farmers. The Farmers Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and of course also on foodformzanzi.co.za. From me, Dawn Numdu, Duncan Masiwa, Nicole Ludolf, Terry Ann Browers, and the rest of the Foodform Zanzi team, have a great week, and please let's continue to keep each other safe during the COVID-19 pandemic. What joins a continent but its continuous flow over mountains, through rivers, in the rhythm of the land. What ignites its future, but the promise to fulfill, to protect and grow, the very life of tomorrow. is why we do what we do under the African blue. Corteva. Keep growing.
You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Form Zansi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.